The scene is at Southbourne on the south coast of England, but the shells in this shell garden come from all over the world. George Howard, who built this shell garden, was a coal miner in South Wales, who one day ran away to sea. He started collecting seashells, and when he had a hundred thousand of them, he started to build this strange garden. He's been building it for 17 years, and he's building it still. There are more than a million shells on this half-acre site. He's got the biggest shell in Britain, a giant clam shell from the Philippines. It cost him 50 pounds to have it transported here. My name is M.C. Mollusk. <laughs> Welcome to a particularly subaquatic edition of Project Moonbase. Seashells. This is uh, one of those shows that was prompted by a single sea track, where <laughs> which has led to an entire entire show on that theme. Of all things uh, crustacean, every track on the show this week does have uh, the theme of a particular specimen with a hard shell for shelly form. <laughs> We'll be getting underway with that very shortly, dear listener. Between all of that, we do have, of course, MC Mollusk and his unnecessary news. This week, whether you be a plasticologist, hoaxitarian or freegan, we welcome you. <laughs> I think I'm a freegan. Yeah? I think I'm a hoaxitarian. <laughs> yeah, maybe a plasticologist. <laughs> Very pleased to find this particularly titled tune. I wasn't sure I was going to find a track with the theme of whelks, mm-hmm. but there is one at least. Is there? Yes. Not only that, but this is a boss-eyed whelk. I'm not quite sure how you tell whether a whelk's boss-eyed or not, but uh, I'm not even sure they have eyes, do they? Whelks. But isn't uh, that a little bit ping pong? <laughs> a little bit. Should we be picking on the <laughs> the lowly whelk, the ocularly challenged whelks of this world? <laughs> Seriously. We'll be hearing from the whelk, the whelk marketing board. <laughs> Welk rights! <laughs> this is from a KPM library record, one of some that have been reissued as downloads, that is. I don't think you can get this in any other form at the moment. Comes originally from a KPM album called Flamboyant Themes, Volume 2. So it's a flamboyant it's, whelk. It's the second, yes, indeed, flamboyant whelk. This is the great keyboard player and band leader Johnny Pearson with Boss Hind Whelk. Thank you. 
that was the Brass Ring with the Little Sea Shells from the album Gaspaccio. This is Phil Bodner's group, which also includes Dick Hyman. Oh, yes. Dickie! Dickie boy. There was basically a bunch of um, the great East Coast of the States secession musicians who more often than not turned up on a lot of Enoch Light records, but they also did their own thing under the guidance of uh, Phil Bodner, who's a woodwind player. They released a number of albums as the Brass Ring, and quite a lot of them you can actually get as twofers and uh, CD, which is rather nice. This is the Project Moonbase podcast. You can download fresh editions every week. If you want to find out when the next edition of the show is available, the best thing to do is follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash projectmoonbase. Uh, but if you want to find out even more, we would recommend a visit to our website. Yes, head on over to projectmoonbase.com where you'll find everything you need to know about the show and how to contact us. You'll see a list of all the tracks we play and links to where you can find them on Amazon and iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, please subscribe, review and click five stars. Project Moonbase is a listener-supported show, so if you're thinking of making a purchase on Amazon, please go to our website, uh, go to the top right-hand corner and click on the Amazon affiliate button and make your purchase that way. That will earn us a small bit of commission. It won't cost you anything and it's entirely anonymous and it keeps us in oysters. Thanks to everybody for listening and recommending us to your friends. And if you enjoy the show, you can make a tiny but perfectly formed monthly donation. If you go to projectmoonbase.com and look under each episode, you will find a donate now thingamajiggy, which you can press. Donating (laughs) as little as a pound. Yes. And thanks to all those of you who do donate. Mm. You know who you are. Your consciences are clear. Unlike you other people. (laughs) It's got filthy consciences. (laughs) We've had uh, whelks and seashells in general, but we're now going to have a track indirectly about oysters. This is a track called Pearls, an alternative take of a track called Pearls from the original soundtrack to a film, 1969 film, called Camille 2000, which I think was a slightly naughty film. Quite a bit of flesh on show in this particular movie. And the synopsis on IMDb for this movie is... Marguerite, a beautiful woman of affairs, falls for the young and promising Armand, but sacrifices her love for him for the sake of his future and reputation. Luckily for us, this soundtrack is by one of the great Italian film soundtrack composers, Piero Piccioni. And this is an album which you certainly could get on CD. (laughs) I'm sure it's still available out there. This is a track of his called Pearls.
That was Pearls by Piero Piccioni from the 1969 original soundtrack for a film called Camille 2000. Mm. Pretty steamy stuff. Yeah, I'd like to think it's quite futuristic with that title as well. Futuristic. Yeah. Uh, well, it was back then. <laughs> yes, indeed. I have to see it for research purposes. Exactly. Yes. 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 As long as you watch it with a notebook. <laughs> Or a clipboard. That's fine. That's, that's for right, science. Yeah. That's okay. all right. Good. No one can impugn your no. motives for that. That's journalistic <laughs> slash scientific purposes. That's right. I'll, I'll make a point. Your honour. <laughs> this is Project Moonbase. You are listening to, and now, dear listener, it's time for us to pick the winkle of unnecessary news, featuring special guest Space Disco Jeff. Gluten-free singles. Yes. Anybody here gluten-free? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Gluten-y. Glutinous. I'm a sad failure on that count. No, I need my, I need my wheat and my whatever. It's uh, there's a gluten-free singles dating website for people <laughs> looking for a significant other that shares their gluten-free lifestyle. I'm holding out for a dating site that is exclusively for people who like to eat out of a bowl on the floor, as I am forced to do by my cruel host. Whether you have celiac disease, that's uh, having problems with gluten, or uh, are gluten intolerant or choose to be gluten-free for smugness reasons, we welcome you to Gluten-Free Singles, they say, a website committed to building a national and global community for those who are gluten-free. Living a gluten-free life can be challenging, especially in a world where gluten-soaked foods are everywhere. Uh, that's what it says on the Gluten-Free Singles website. Gluten-soaked food. What foods are soaked in gluten? <laughs> they just happen to have gluten in them. That's quite different, isn't it? This makes it sound like gluten is being added. Added to food by sinister forces bent on making you visit the lavatory more often than necessary. But anyway, here's the thing. They're very intolerant, the gluten-free, aren't they? The people. <laughs> yeah. I say stop suppressing gluten. Gluten rights now! <laughs> You're going to start a gluten enthusiast dating site. I am. <laughs> Do you love gluten like I love gluten? <laughs> I, th I think they should put a new sign-up in the supermarket shelf saying gluten-free, dairy-free, girlfriend-free. <laughs> yep. How about this? How about this? Two, these are two words that you want in a sentence. Diamond laser. <laughs> yes, I don't know what it is for, but I you want can, one. You can stop there. That's fine. That's good. Mm. Glasgow-based <laughs> university has developed a diamond-based laser. Researchers at the University of Strathclyde have developed a powerful, highly versatile laser, which has, at its core, a diamond. Diamond <laughs> forever. <laughs> Yes, the diamond allows for a more powerful Raman laser. That's a thought type of noodle, isn't it? <laughs> it is a type of I'm getting noodle, confused. Yeah. I know students eat ra a lot of ramen noodles. <laughs> they do, yeah. Anyway, yes, but they produce a more powerful laser than was previously attained from crystals of the same size. In fact, diamond-based lasers can put out a beam strength equivalent to that of crystal-based lasers ten times its size. Wow, and I bet the Japanese never <laughs> figured that when they invented ramen noodles. <laughs> exactly, who knew? But uh, strength isn't all the diamonds uh, can do for lasers. A whole range of laser colours, which were previously unattainable, are unlocked as well. Every, New colours. Everything from ultraviolet light to infrared can be produced wow. with a single tunable laser. I don't know why I'd want that, but I want it. <laughs> this includes the entire visible spectrum. So there we go. 
Yeah, so you, orange and yellow, for instance. As for how these lasers will be utilised, this is where uh, Mr. Bond's enemies seem to have got things wrong. Far from raising cities, the diamond-based lasers will be able to aid with ocular surgery. Ugh, gross. Oh. Weather and pollution monitoring and even cancer. It's all a bit vague, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Colourful, it has multiple uses. Colourful we, we, new expensive we haven't worked lasers. out what it's for yet. It, it looks good, but uh, we don't know what it's for. <laughs> it's expensive. It's got, it's got diamonds in it. Anyway. How about this mysterious pentagram on Google Maps? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Conspiracy theorists start your engines on the windblown steps of Central Asia in an isolated corner of Kazakhstan. That's from where? What's his face? My wife. He's from there, isn't he? Who? <laughs> You know, what's his name? Br- not Bruno, the other Borat. one. Borat. Borat. Oh, yeah. That's My right. wife. My wife. How could yeah. you not know? That was. That's my best friend. Very good impression. Mm. Yeah, all right. That's all I know. I've never seen it. Neither have I. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, we'll move on. The five-pointed star surrounded by a circle located on the southern shore of Upper Tobol Reservoir shows up vividly on Google Maps. There's almost no other sign of human habitation in the area. The closest settlement is the city of Lizakovsk about 12 miles east. The region surrounded Ludzikovsk is riddled with ancient archaeological ruins, <laughs> Bronze Age settlements, cemeteries and burial grounds, many of which have yet to be explored. Uh, what is this bizarre symbol measuring roughly 366 metres or 1,200 feet in diameter doing on the side of a desolate lake in northern Kazakhstan? My wife! <laughs> Eh? Getting up to no good, probably. That's what. What else would a giant, you know, satanic symbol be doing? Many online commenters have already linked the site with devil worship, nefarious religious sects, or Denzians of the underworld. Zooming into the centre of the pentagram, two places become visible. One spot is called Adam, and the other, <laughs> Lucifer. Oh dear. Uh oh. The pentagram is an ancient symbol used by many cultures, some of them non-satanic, religious groups. It has been adopted by the Mesopotamians, Pythagoreans. Watch out for those filthy Pythagoreans. (laughs) A Pythagorean took my lawnmower once and I never saw it again. (laughs) Christians and Freemasons and Wiccans. (laughs) What a filthy group of of despicable types there. Emma Uzmanov, an archaeologist with years of experience working in the uh, Lizakovsk area, has an answer to the question what's with the pentagram she says it's uh, the outline of a park made in the form of a star (laughs) (laughs) this star was a popular symbol during the Soviet era and Kazakhstan being part of the former Soviet Union until its miserable dissolution in 1991 the star in uh, in Soviet era Lakeside Park is marked by roadways that are now lined with trees so that's why you can see it from uh, our space I don't know if you can see it from space. You can certainly see it. Well, maybe you can. I don't know. Anyway, so to recap, don't worry, everybody. Don't worry. This is not a satanic pentagram. (laughs) It's a filthy communist pentagram. (laughs) You have been used. Niragongo. Thank you, Andy Zikanium. Thank you, sir. For that highly polygonal selection of news stories. There'll be more later on in the show. Just like a ghost, so silently.
the beautiful submarine sounds there of uh, Bee Bumble, or possibly Bumblebee, and The Stingers from a collection of singles from very, very narrow range here. <laughs> Recorded between 1961 and 62. They obviously had a fairly brief peak of fame. <laughs> Enough to fill one out, oh, yes, anyway. Absolutely. Probably most famous for their song, The Nut Rock, which I think we have played a bit of on the show before. That was a, a song of theirs called Nautilus which I suspect was probably written around uh, the world of Captain Nemo, but, uh, well, you know, it fits into the theme of this week's show as well. It's a shell. It's a, it's shell. a submarine. It is. <laughs> Take your pick. That's, that's right. Um, now we're going to have the C track we alluded to at the start of the show. Um, I happen to have my music collection, the Moonbase Archive, on shuffle mode the other day. It's exhausting when you do that, <laughs> having to run up and down those corridors. There's all kinds of stuff in there. Pulling levers. Definitely. <laughs> Dodging giant space weevils. <laughs> That's right. Um, this next track came out, and I, I, we hadn't actually played it on the show before. We have played a track by The Conch Man. Oh, yes. Before, but uh, it's been a while since we've heard from him, so I thought not only should we play a track by him, but we'll think an entire show around the world of seashells. But is it the same conch, man? Well... I think it might be a title handed down from generation to generation. Well, I'm trying to find out who the Conchman actually is, but there seem to be several people masquerading as the Conchman. There's the Bahama Conchman. There's somebody called Keith Reed, who apparently also is called the Conchman. If anyone out there knows who the real Conchman behind this next recording is, uh, we would love to know. I think I think what happens is you're on a boat with a conch man, <laughs> and then the conch man, after a while, the conch man starts calling you the conch man, <laughs> and then he leaves the boat, and then you get a new crew, and then they all call you the conch man, and now you're the conch man. I see. And you've got to start producing albums. So it's only a matter of time before you and I become the conch man. All of us are going to become the conch man <laughs> at some point, and we should never speak of it. <laughs> He's released two albums. This is from his first album called Coming Out of His Shell. Yeah, that was my first album. Whoops, I mean... <laughs> this cover's blown. The main melody line is played entirely on a conch shell. Oh, yes, uh, it's an extraordinary piece of work. A bit dexterous uh, lip work on this next uh, track. A beautiful arrangement of I Can See Clearly Now. Thank you. 
that was The Conchman, <laughs> or one of them, <laughs> with a track I can see clearly now from Conchman Volume 1 coming out of his shell. Mm, and we were title. having, it is a good title, on the nose. We were uh, having a little <laughs> bit of a heated debate, weren't we? We were a bit, yes. Because you were saying that melody is played on a conch shell. Yes. And I was saying, I don't think it was. I think that might have been a, a synthesizer conch. A conch shell preset on a synthesizer. Well, I don't know if it's a preset. Maybe maybe he blew a note. But there's a lot of notes. I don't want to sound like a cynic, but there was a lot of notes. I'm very surprised MC uh, Mollusk. No, normally I'm the one that doubts the provenance of uh, the tracks that we play. You're the cynic, whereas <laughs> I am full of optimism. <laughs> I'm a believer. Something's happened this week. What is I'm it? I'm open-minded. <laughs> I don't know, but there's just, there was a lot of... Um, Too many notes, is what you're saying. It, a conch shell is not an instrument. <laughs> and it's hard enough to get notes out of an instrument which has holes and keys and stuff. That's just, that's just a shell. That's a lot of notes. And they were all in key. Well, they were all just a bit flat. We'll try and find some documentary evidence, maybe some video footage yeah. of the conch man. I want to believe, but... I'm doubting If it. the conch man is listening, please uh, please do let us know how you achieve so many notes from a simple shell. I mean, maybe he is an incredible human being, <laughs> and I should just hang my head in shame, but maybe, I'm doubting. Maybe what he has is a giant uh, panpipe with lots of different sized conch shells on it. <laughs> he kind of whizzes up and down to get all the different notes. He'd be decapitating himself. <laughs> have you seen a conch shell? He'd be chopping his head off. That's true. They have got some jaggy bits on they've, them, haven't they? They're very sharp. Now, <laughs> listeners, hashtag conch, that's C-O-N-C-H, yes. conch yes, or hashtag conch no. Is it real? Is that a real conch mm. shell he's playing? Yes. Hashtag conch yes. Or is it... Is it tomfoolery? Is it fakery? Is it is it some kind of synthesized conch shell? Hashtag conch <laughs> no. You decide. And if we're really lucky, Kevin Smith might make a film out of it. Now we're going to step into some slightly dangerous territory here. I think it must be the first time ever on Project Moon Base we're going to play a tune by the great Rolf Harris. <laughs> it can't be the first time we've played Rolf Harris. Why don't we check? <laughs> we should actually. Hold on. We're just going to do this live on air, dear listener. Do you think we've played Rolf before on the show? Well, I feel like... You feel we have? I feel like we should maybe have. it's just part of ancestral project Moonbase memory yeah he's in there somewhere he's definitely in the dna of, of project <laughs> well because of his close association with the stylophone exactly we've mentioned him we did a show about the stylophone yeah i think we just mentioned him on that show though i don't actually think we've ever played rolf on the show before according to our extensive archive i really am doubting whether or not we've given rolf his uh, rightful <laughs> crown <laughs> i'm sorry Rolf, we're going if you're to if, if there has been an oversight we are now going to rectify that this is actually a track suggested by a listener squig it's not a track i'd ever heard before it's rather rather well <laughs> make of it what you will dear listener rolfie rolfie it, it posits the idea of uh, the cockney the London Cockney being one of the ancient tribes of Britain. Australian. <laughs> That's what they are, aren't they? That's what Australians sound like Cockneys, they, don't they? I suppose they do, actually. That's because right. they all... I mean, we all know what happened. <laughs> you, you, you stole a loaf of bread. It's a dark chapter. And the next thing you know, you're sheep farming in Australia. <laughs> well, I won't uh, spoil the surprise by telling you what the title is, but anyway, this is the great Rolf Harris. Try Marvellous, let's get on with it then. The Cockney tribes in Britain were meeting for the games Held annually once a year along the River Thames The scene was quiet and peaceful, the snow lay on the ground 
the Cockney's bar, their cooking pots were huddled all around. The chief was in his TP, his face all lined with wrinkles. When up the river came the cry, Someone's pinched me winkles! Me winkles have been pinched, dooby dooby, me winkles have been pinched. Now some people say it's a load of old nonsense, but a winkle's got a lot of vitamin content. Never win that race tomorrow, I'll be a big disgrace tomorrow. I'll search the blinking place tomorrow, but tomorrow is too late. Some rockers pinched me winkles off me plate. I turned round and whoosh, they was gone. The tears of sheer frustration started trickling down his face. Well, he'd set his heart on winning in the gruelling barra race. Without his final winkle feed, his training scheme was shot. He staggered round the campground shot. Someone's pinched the lot! Me winkles have been pinched, dooby-dooby, me winkles have been pinched. Beef, fork, carrots or a dash of cucumber As far as I'm concerned that's a load of old lumber I'll never win the race tomorrow He's got me in disgrace tomorrow He'd better not show his face tomorrow He'll end up in a fight But me, I need them winkles here tonight Now I want them now, not tomorrow or the next day <laughs> They called the wise old medicine man who shuffled up and said I'm levying a winkle tax, one winkle each per head. They made a grand collection from every tucker pot. Then stood around the shelves and all. They made me eat the lot! I've got me winkles back, dooby dooby, I've got me winkles back. Now I know I've been grumping and grousing, but I never thought I'd get two or three thousand. I'll never win that race tomorrow. I can't go in that race tomorrow. I couldn't stand the pace tomorrow. I'm much too blinking fat. I'll never face a winkle after that. Phew. I think I'll go and try out something new. You know, just see how it feels. I think I'll have a dash at some jelly deals. Excuse me a minute while I just get this newspaper off this bit of jelly deal here. That's lovely. Here, you with the winkle, Barra. Hello. As far as I'm concerned, you can stick your perishing winkles right back in the sea. It's jelly eels for me. You know, I think I can safely reveal now without fear of jeopardisation that I've managed to overcome my... That was Rolf Harris. Someone's <laughs> pinched my winkles. Why are we playing Rolf Harris on this show? Really? I mean, is there any place for this kind of tomfoolery? <laughs> This is a serious show. It is. About the history of all the best music that you've never heard of. And frankly, I'm I'm not sure that that really falls within that remit. I'd like to I'd like to move to revoke have you, revoke that. Have you spun on the proverbial sixpence there? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm the, I'm the very essence of consistency. <laughs> <laughs> I move to <laughs> revoke the license of Rolf. No, he's, he's a national treasure, isn't he? He's he a is. national treasure. What on earth? Why did we ever let him in the country, frankly? I mean, they're, they're, they're turning away people now, aren't they? And yet we welcome Rolf we, we in. Did, yeah. Come on in, insulters. <laughs> it was actually quite an insulting song, wasn't it? Yeah, quite so patronising well, to the yeah, Cockney. Only to the Cockney. Yeah. It don't really matter, does it? true, yeah. You are listening to the beautifully subaquatic edition of uh, Project Moon Base. Hope you're enjoying all the flora and fauna under the waves this week. By the way, it's not the only time on Project Moon Base that we've been under the waves. Yeah. We did an entire show, more generally about the sea and being underwater. 
PMB 67, in fact. Under the waves. So if you want to broaden... There's broaden dolphins your, and everything. Broaden your th- your enthusiasm for all things. You could have a double dose of uh, underwater moon base. Sven Lyback, Cora Pandit, right. dolphins into the future. That's right. All there. Gil Evans, it's all there. For now, dear listener, it's time for us to scuttle off into the rock pool of unnecessary news. Once again, featuring special guest Space Disco Jeff. A traffic warden in Belfast issued a parking ticket to a minibus without realising the man inside the vehicle had died. (laughs) The incident happened recently outside a hotel on Great Victoria Street. If you wish to pinpoint the exact location, the company in charge of traffic wardens in Belfast said the warden had been unaware that the man inside the vehicle had passed away recently and the ticket was later cancelled. The <laughs> spokesman sent the company's sympathies to the man's families. NSL, which manages traffic wards in Belfast, issued a statement. We can confirm that a minivan was issued a penalty charge notice on Tuesday morning because it was parked in a taxi rank without the traffic attendant being aware that a person within had passed away. <laughs> yes, that's right. The only thing certain in life are death and taxes in that order! Exactly in that order! I thought you were going to say that's no excuse having died for avoiding the, the fine, so you'll have to pay anyway. But. They'll deliver it to hell! <laughs> yes, um, well, as soon as you get through the pearly gates, yeah, there's a slight matter of this uh, penalty charge notice. As soon as the traffic attendant became aware of the circumstances, the Department for Regional Development was informed and immediately cancelled the parking charge notice. But it couldn't cancel the reality that alive or dead, traffic wardens will try to give you a ticket. I call on all traffic wardens to resign. It's not too late. Stop the rot. <laughs> In case it happens again. It's gonna happen. I mean, you know, if you're just asking for it, if you fell, I bet if you fell down dead <laughs> on the pavement and you just touched a yellow line, they'd slap a ticket on your forehead, wouldn't they? Clamp you. Clamp your leg. <laughs> Well, good news. It's the dream of all mankind to go to Mars and and womankind as well. And Mattel recognises this, which is why it has produced a Mars explorer, Barbie. (laughs) This is not a joke. She's an astronaut in pink with a bubble helmet and a backpack, which looks a bit like a pink bin. And it uh, looks like she's done a makeup too, which is nice because it's important to make a good first impression on the nothingness that is Mars. <laughs> is she just going on her own? Apparently. There's, no, there's not even a nice big pink rocket either. Oh. Who knows? But uh, good luck trying to suck down the thin, dusty brown atmosphere on Mars, Babs. <laughs> and thanks for recognising that one foot tall, leggy blondes can be explorers too. It's heartwarming, it's heartwarming. It is. For the kids, for it's the ladies. Role model. I like the fact that they. You know, they're trying to, we're desperately trying to make this relevant. What do girl? Well, maybe we can encourage girls to be into science <laughs> with Barbie. It's never going to work. <laughs> and finally, a Russian man has been arrested for stealing a road. <laughs> 40-year-old man faces a prison sentence after dismantling a road and being caught driving it away. But what was he driving it away on? <laughs> ah, my mind! <laughs> It's melting. A man has been arrested after apparently stealing a complete stretch of road in a remote area of Russia. Ah. The man stole 82 reinforced concrete slabs that formed the route from the village of Parcheg in the Republic of Komi to... uh, Komi? Komi, yeah. K-O-M-I. Republic of Komi. Nice. Yes. You couldn't make it up. It's thought that he used an industrial manipulator. (laughs) There's another thing I want. On my business card. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, what do you do? What I'm do you... an industrial manipulator. <laughs> Which is apparently a machine that is both a bulldozer and a forklift. <laughs> oh, I love oh, and it does a nice massage as well. <laughs> The pieces of road were loaded onto three trucks, which were later intercepted by the police. The stolen slabs are worth about £4,000. The road linked the small town of Parcheg to the uh, nearby river. The chief suspect, a 40-year-old resident of the capital city, admitted his guilt. He now faces two years in prison. I like the fact they're ready with, you know, exactly how much to slap on people for stealing a road. Oh, yes, it's part of the Russian penal code. Yes, road stealing. It's quite... uh, Well, another man was reported recently we mentioned him for dismantling a bridge over the Nomaz River and making off with it. He, he, he whipped out his welding torch overnight and uh, dismantled the bridge and I remember that story, made away yeah. with it. Yes, on that occasion, a trail of tractor tracks led police to the culprit's home. Obviously not a master criminal. He also faces a two-year jail term. Why did he do it, though? This is the question, why? Why? Well, maybe he thought if he owned his own stretch of road, we wouldn't be constantly persecuted by traffic ones. <laughs> It's all making sense. You have been used. Wakari! <laughs> With a finger point, too. Yeah. Thank you, Mrs. Kenny. Yes, thank you. Thank you, and thank you. <laughs> I say, for that super fast freeway of unnecessary news. Hello there. What seems to be the problem? I am a hermit crab from Mexico. And every day I seem to grow. So? Who doesn't? My pretty shell, as you can see, is now too small for me. Poor crab. What happens if you don't have a shell, baby hermit crab? The sun will make me very hot. I will shrivel up like an apricot. Oh no! We're gonna help you find a new shell. A coconut shell. We'll use a coconut shell as the hermit crab shell. How very clever. Try it on.
Two delightful bits of shell-themed music there. We had a brief, very brief, but a very sweet little tune from the Wonder Pets. I believe that's a children's TV series I'm not familiar with, but anyway. With a track called Hola, Hermit Crab. I think that's a typical kind of racist <laughs> treatment of the hermit, hermit crab there. Oh, it's a vagrant. It's a vagrant. It's a hermit crab. Oh, it must be Mexican. I wonder if that was actually a real Mexican child. I doubt it. You're hitting the nail on the head again there, sir. Plus, they also offer a coconut shell. It's, again, a bit of an insult, really, isn't it? Well, what good is that? I mean, that's not waterproof. No, it's, well, it's, well, bo- it's buoyant as well, isn't it? It's I mean, it, just gonna it, when it's sealed, well, it's sterile as well, isn't it? That's fine. But once it's opened up... <laughs> just foolishness. You're pricking holes in this. Uh, this, uh, this. This isn't track. science. It's just not <laughs> <No>. science. <laughs> well, with that uh, contentious uh, <laughs> track in mind, I couldn't really find anything decent uh, on Spotify about scallops. Thank goodness for Bandcamp. Then. Thank goodness for Bandcamp. And I found this British, I think, hip-hop electronic artist called Wishing Squid, who's done an entire album themed around seafood. And there's a couple of tracks on there about shellfish. There's a track about oysters too. But that's a rather lovely little tune there about scallops. And you can get that uh, on his Bandcamp page for the princely sum of nothing if you're feeling particularly uh, thrifty. Name your price. <laughs> but you can, uh, yes, you can give him however much you like. Give him uh, a couple of quid. Yeah. There'll be a link to that on this show's track list. This is PMB 140 if you're tracking, trying to track it down. If you're trying to track down other shows on Project Moonbase or other episodes on Project Moonbase, there is a search box. There is. Where you can type in whatever you want. I'm not Rolf sure Harris. We've, we've mentioned that before, but yes, you can. It's quite useful. <laughs> Rolf Harris, yeah. Find out that we hadn't, hadn't in fact mentioned <laughs> Rolf Harris before. We quite often use that ourselves. Yeah, well, yeah we have no clear <laughs> recollection no. of what's going on. No. Our memories are wiped after each episode. Now we're going to have a track which has proved to be slightly more contentious at the moon base than I, than I expected it would be. Because really? <laughs> It's a robot band. Well, How can we not like a robot band? That is true. But what is the robot band covering? <laughs> well, in this particular case, they're covering a well-known tune by the B-52s. You see, right there. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have a bit of a problem with the B-52s. <laughs> I think the B-52s, they're a bit like Tolkien. <laughs> people love the B-52s like people love Tolkien, and then people don't love them. <laughs> with almost as much, yes. if not more, vigour. The Venn diagram is probably overlap quite significantly, don't they? Tolkien fans and B-52t fans. The B-52s always really slightly gave me the creep, <laughs> yes, frankly. Well, yes. I'm not a fan at all of the B-52s. But... I mean, they scare me, and people that like them unapologetically kind of scare me as well, because <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't really understand you. I don't really understand what you're getting out of this. I don't like the B-52s, but I one of the mission statements of Project Moonbase is to improve... Robot-human relations. <laughs> improve. No, improve music. Oh, of course. So I like the idea that somebody could come along and try to improve Lorac Lobster. I just find the B-52s so impervious <laughs> to, to improvement. To improvement. <laughs> when you listen to this track, you'll hear the opening bass line and you just know it's the B-52s. And if you're anything like me, a shiver goes down your spine. This whole track, I should say, though, it does make me feel a little bit better about the oncoming robot apocalypse. <laughs> like, I think, I think we've got... A little bit longer before we, we become slaves to our robot masters, which which yes. I am happy for, yes. to happen, frankly. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't be any worse than it no. currently is. No. So I welcome our robot overlords when they do eventually get it together to, say, sync up and play in tune. Mm. But, and master the cowbell. Yeah, but this quickly unravels into a, into a kind of cacophony of... It does, yeah. ...of, of uh, off-key and, and out of time. Mm. But it's well worth watching because it is a masterwork. Tra- this of, is probably one of those tracks that could well be better watched than listened to i think yes we'll make sure there's a video up on projectmemories.com if you do like the b52s then there's a good chance that you're not going to enjoy this (laughs) 
So you might want to fast forward for about five minutes. But I like the fact that it, it is a sort of masterwork it is. in almost but not quite getting it together. If you look at it, you can see how incredibly complicated and yes. it must have been to put together. And yet... <laughs> <laughs> what we get at the end of it is the B-52s. I can understand your disappointment, sir. Well done, though. This is a gentleman called BD594. Apparently from Toronto, we learn from YouTube. I think he's posted a couple of other tracks, which are not B-52's covers, you'll be glad to hear. He's also called The Bit 52's. I don't want you to think that I'm not impressed. I am impressed. I'm deeply impressed by this. (laughs) But I'm also a little bit upset by it. (laughs) As I'm sure you will be, dear listener. This is The Bit 52's with Rock Lobster. Wave them to mermen, wave them to sea hands, 
of course the unmistakable sound of the bit 52s there with rock lobster <laughs> it's part of our long series of, of tracks that sound <laughs> similar enough to the original for you to be able to use them to replace the original mm. to bewilder and confuse people yes particularly fans of the b52s yeah i've been dj longustin i hope you've enjoyed uh, sinking your pincers into various soft fleshy parts of this week's show I have been MC Mollusk, and I hope you enjoyed shucking your way through this episode. <laughs> We're going to leave you by playing a rare slice of pre-Wombles Mike Bat. Recorded a couple of albums under the name of the Synthesonic Sounds. We have dipped occasionally into these uh, these albums. He did an album, I think, of uh, soundtrack music. This collection, which is called Ye Olde Moog, was a collection of uh, English folk songs arranged for the Moog synthesizer. Recorded in 1974, we're going to close by playing Synthesonic Sounds' version of that classic tune, Cockles and Muscles. Until next week, dear listener...
next week on Project Moonface, an innocent Londoner is abducted and starts seeing double. Join us for Double Discovery.